Hey, good morning. It's Monday morning. I hope you're doing well today and had a great weekend this weekend. I know that me and my family did. I hope uh, you were able to worship online in some place or in person in some place this weekend. I hope you're able to, if you were able to check out our services at St. Matthew's, I would invite you to, if you missed any of our services, you can always go back to our website, stm-umc.org, and um, check any of our previous services out. Uh, you can watch Sunday service. Just check on the tab, click on the tab that says media. And underneath it, you'll see traditional worship or intersection. And uh, you can watch our services from yesterday there. Uh, also, you can go back and watch any of our previous devotionals. If you want to watch it, re go back and watch any of my previous online devotionals, you can uh, click right there and watch uh, watch anything that I've said. If there's something I said that you want to go back and look at, you can always see that uh, right there. We're trying to give you a lot of resources in this interesting season and interesting time. Along with that, we're going to be doing something uh, tomorrow morning, uh, a prayer service that we put together for our teachers and administrators and parents, hopefully to be a help to them in uh, these difficult times as we look at schools reopening and what that means for our families and teachers and administrators and friends and children and so many of us. So I would invite you as we draw close to school reopening uh, to be in prayer for each of these in this time. Um, and we as a church here at St. Matthews are going to do all that we can do to support everyone in this interesting and a challenging season. As I thought about what I wanted to talk about these week in my devotionals, I'm trying to find a theme each week uh, for what we talk about. Last week was the Psalms. We've talked about different uh, songs and song and, and hymns and pop culture things. And I, I began to think, what do I want to talk about today? And one of the common questions I, I get a lot is, um, Andy, what books have influenced you? What books have, have shaped you and your theology and what you believe and how you view the world? And I've had, I've had a lot of folks throughout the years ask me, uh, what are my favorite books or what are some books that are really shaped how I view life? And so um, this week I wanted to take a, a moment each day and just talk to you real quick about um, some of my favorite books, uh, how they've spoken to me, and I think what they might be able to do to help uh, us all learn and grow in this season. Um, if you followed my ministry for any season, you're going to be familiar with a lot of these books that I'm going to mention to you uh, because they, these books have shaped me. And uh, when something has shaped you, it tends to stick close to your soul. Uh, so these are just some books that have really influenced me. And I would encourage you uh, in this season, if you have a time, to have any time, to maybe purchase one of these books from a bookstore or from a, or for your Kindle, uh, uh, your your iPad, whatever device you use, um, and, and read through these books. I um. I, I, I'm going to use my iPad a lot this week because I'm talking about this because uh, some of these books I have behind me on my shelf, but uh, many of these books have been so impactful to me that I've given them away, <laughs> that I don't, that I don't uh, have them with me uh, here uh, any longer. They, I've, I've bought them and given them away many times throughout the year. So most of these books that are meaningful to me, I actually have on my iPad just because I know I'll always have, have them with me. And then some of them are at home, uh, you know, uh, they're at the house. And so... Uh, I don't have them with me in the church right now. But anyway, uh, today I want to talk to you about, um, golly, probably, I don't know if I, if I would say this is the most impactful book I've ever read. Of course, let me say this. I'm going to I'm gonna not include some books that are pretty obvious, like Scripture, obviously. Um, I'm not going to include it because Scripture is the most formative book I've ever read, but it's more than just a book. So, um, And I'm not really going to include a lot of John or Charles Wesley's writings. Um I've already talked about some of Charles's writings with the hymns. Uh, I thought about including Wesley's 
um, book of 52 sermons, which I had to read in seminary, which uh, which actually, I'm telling you, it's worth reading. So I may ha I may have an honorable mention that, I'll, that I'll, I'll include at some point. And uh, But these books are all going to be religious in nature. I was trying to think if there's any really good secular books, uh, which there are, obviously, that, I, that have influenced me. But um, I really want to kind of focus on books that have shaped my view of Scripture and shaped my view of God. Um, so um, that, that'll be these books throughout this week. But uh, if there's any book that's really ever shaped me theologically or shaped me uh, in any way, it's Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. And, and you could argue that, I would argue probably, that outside of my parents and the teachers are, the preachers I grew up under and Dr. Bryant at, in, at Memphis Theological, um, no one has shaped my theology more than C.S. Lewis. Uh, I've always jokingly said that you could argue any church that I serve has ever it should just be renamed Lewis Memorial United Methodist Church because I just I just love C.S. Lewis. He's influenced me in so many ways. So to pick a book of Lewis that um, means the most to me is actually difficult because uh, I almost pick Screwtape Letters just because Screwtape Letters is probably the easiest of his books to read, um, and it really is very bluntly simple and spiritual. Um, I love the Narnia Chronicles. Uh, just because, you know, they they are written uh, in a way that proclaims the goodness of Jesus without really trying to. Um, so I, I, I encourage you to read Narnia if you've not read Narnia. Um, other books like The Great Divorce is phenomenal. Uh, a Grief Observed. If you're going through a difficult time of grief, you need to read A Grief Observed, which is his journal uh, with the death of his wife and his pain uh, that he went through. It's very very powerful text. There's so many, so many amazing books by Lewis to, to start naming them, but um, God in the Dock is excellent as well. It's just a collection of essays. Um, but, but for me, it is Mere Christianity just because, honestly, it's a very personal choice because Mere Christianity was the first book that I read really after I became a Christian. Um, I read it my freshman year of college, and it really, 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 really shaped how I view Faith. Um, Mere Christianity started out as a collection of essays that he wrote uh, for the BBC during World War II. He read many of them uh, over the air during World War II. Uh, they say the two most recognized voices on the BBC during World War II were Churchill and Lewis. They both. Um, Lewis caught a lot of grief um, from both Christians and uh, non-Christians for the way he did things. Uh, he, he got a lot of grief from non-Christians because he was a Christian. And, you know, this Lewis was actually, uh, his specialty was romantic literature. He was one of the greatest, he was one of the greatest critics of 15th century romantic, romantic poetry, really, that's ever lived. And some of his work on that is still some of the best work out there. So he was often seen as, um, you know, uh, silly for writing books to children or writing Christian books. He was often disregarded for his faith because of that. But then he also... He was disregarded for just having being a Christian sometimes. Then also, he was uh, disregarded by Christians because he was such a popular writer. And I don't mean popular. I mean, he wrote. He was not writing to theologians and preachers and teachers and bishops. He, that wasn't what he was doing. He was writing to lay people. He was writing to common people who were believers. And now, we read his work now, we're like, whoa, that's pretty in-depth writing. And it is. But his audience was not um, the aristocracy of Christianity. But it was ordinary folk who went to church. Um, and that's why Mere Christianity is such an important book to me because it's about that. It's about mere Christianity. It's about the basics of our faith. It's about the basics of what we believe. And probably no book has shaped me in my understanding of the basics of our faith 
than that book. And what I like about it, I'm going to read to you some quotes that I think are important for us to understand from your Christianity. But what I like about it is it focuses upon the essentials of Christianity. Because too often, as Christians, as preachers and teachers, we can get caught up in the, in the, in the things that we disagree on. Um, I teach a class on Methodism where I spend the, spend the first couple of weeks talking about all the things that Christians have in common. And we, I say that all Christians hold in common, um, stay with me here, because I'm explaining what I mean. Uh, the scripture, um, script, uh, the sacraments, and, um, and the creeds. Now, what I mean by that is this. We may argue about what these things look like. And so Christians may argue about the number of sacraments or whether they're sacraments or ordinances, but every Christian is going to believe that baptism is important. We can argue about who gets it, who gives it, things like that, but Christians are going to hold that baptism is important. We're going to, we all agree that scripture is important. We may disagree on interpretations, we may disagree on what it means, but we're all going to agree that, 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 that scripture is important. And we're going to agree that the creeds are important. Now, we may not all confess the creeds. Like we may not, your, your church may not be a church that, that, that confesses human creeds, creeds that are, that the church itself wrote. Um, and I, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the content of the creeds, uh, what the creeds tell us, all Christians are going to agree on these things. So there are some universals that we Christians all agree on. And that is what Lewis would call mere Christianity, these essentials of the Christian faith. And for Lewis, the, who Jesus Christ was, was at the center of that. So I want to read to you um, some, some interesting quotes from uh, Mere Christianity that, uh, that always speak to me. Um, first is this one. I love this one. He said, everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea, idea until he has something to forgive. That's, that's pretty good. Um, uh, when man is getting better, he understands more and more clearly the evil that's still left in him. When man is getting worse and worse, he understands his own badness less and less. And I, I, I like that. I've often heard it attributed to Lewis. Uh, no man understands how very evil he is. He has tried very hard to be good. Uh, the more holy you become, the more you see your own sin. And the more wicked you become, the more you ignore your sin. Um, I, think that's, I think that should tie us into humility. But the quote I really want to focus on today is this great one that you may have heard. And it's often attributed to his, his statement that Jesus, the one thing Jesus can't be is a great moral teacher. This is what he says. Like Jesus must either be who he, he says he is or his words have no meaning. He says this. A man who is merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He'd either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make the choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit him out and kill him as a demon. You can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about him being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. When you read what Lewis is talking about, he expands on this later, or deeper in his book. When you look at Jesus' teaching um, in his life, you can't deny when you read scripture, that Jesus truly believed he was the son of God. From the things he said uh, in the Jewish context, the fact that he called himself that, uh, he called himself the son of man, um, he, 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 he did so many messianic things throughout the teachings of scripture. Um, he believed he was the son of God. There really is no doubt when you read scripture that he believed he was the son of God. So the one thing Jesus simply cannot be is a great moral teacher. You cannot take his moral teachings 
apart from who he was, because here's why. He believed he's immortal. He believed he's the son of God when you read scripture. So, either, he has, there's three options we have. Either he's a liar, and he wasn't the son of God, and he was just making it up. He's he just a, a liar. That's an option. Well, would you base your life upon the moral teachings of a liar? Most likely not. Okay. Maybe he was crazy. Maybe he, maybe he was a lunatic. Maybe he be really believed he was the son of God, but he was just crazy. He just was you know, off in his brain, and he really wasn't that. Would you base your life, life upon the moral teachings of a lunatic? Most likely not. Or maybe he was exactly who he says he was. He was Lord. And then you would base your life upon the teachings of this man. He's either a liar, he really wasn't the son of God, he was making it up, lunatic, he was a crazy person, or Lord. The only way, the one thing he simply cannot be is a great moral teacher. That is not an option. As Lewis says, that's not an option that he left for us. If his words are going to have any moral influence on, in our life, then he has to be who he says he was because the other options make him either a liar or a lunatic. Because apart from Scripture, when you read Scripture, Jesus truly believed he was the Son of God. There's no doubt in Scripture that's who he believed he was. So either he is who he says he is, he's a liar, he's a lunatic. He simply just can't be a good moral teacher. So for Lewis, that was the thing mere Christianity came back to is who Jesus Christ was. The, the, the confession of the creed, about the trinity, uh, things such as that, those are the essentials of the faith. And what I like about Lewis and mere Christianity is that he lays out an intellectual path for belief in God. Um, he doesn't make faith just the domain of faith, if you will, but he makes it intellectually approachable. And I'm one of those individuals that's always struggled with that. Um, I, I've never been one to simply believe. Those of you that have the gift of faith, who simply just can believe, I am envious of you because I don't have that gift. That's not how I'm wired. Lewis made Christianity for someone like me approachable and understandable and real. And I am thankful, so, 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 so thankful that early in my life, early in my Christian life, I found me Christianity. And, and I would say, like I said, apart from Scripture and some of my great teachers in life and, 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 and John Wesley, no book has shaped me more, more than mere Christianity, and no teacher has shaped me more than C.S. Lewis. Um, so if you're looking for a book that's really going to increase increase your, um, that's really going to give you uh, an ability to understand on a deeper level the importance of the central Christianity and the ways that Christianity can be intellectually uh, stimulating and can really uh, take us to a deep place of our intellect as well as our faith, I would recommend mere Christianity to you. It really was a book that shaped and changed my life in that way in huge ways. And I'll also recommend another, recommend another book to you of the same ilk. Uh, Tim Keller uh, wrote a book about 10 years ago called The Reason for God, which I've often called Mere Christianity in Modern Language, because uh, Lewis wrote Mere Christianity in the 1940s, and so the language is a little stilted. Um, Keller wrote in the 2000s, and, but it has much the same uh, purpose and much the same theme and uh, is really uh, brilliant. Um, Tim Keller tells this funny quote, which I've seen in my life. Um, the quote was a, friend, a member of his church came up to him one day and says, uh, Tim said, I can, I can tell when you've really studied and worked hard on your sermon and you have a lot of material to pre present to us because it's always thorough and in-depth and well-versed. He said, I can always tell when you didn't have much time to prepare because you simply just quote C.S. Lewis a lot. And that's 
pretty true for me. So I love Lewis. I would invite you to read any of his books, but I would especially recommend Mere Christianity to you. Uh, and you'll find a link to where you can purchase this book below uh, in the description. Um, so that's a book that's spoken to me a lot. Um, and I, I hope uh, I, I'll, I'm going to share with you the rest of this week more books that have spoken to me. And I'd love to hear from you. Uh, what books have spoken to you? What books have, have amplified and, ma and magnified your faith and helped you become who you are today? So uh, I hope the books that I share with you this week can encourage you and help your faith grow. Uh, love you guys. Hope you have a great Monday. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning. Have a great day.